Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. How is everybody doing this evening? This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live on this fabulous Friday. Happy Friday. T-G-I-F, T-G-I-F, T-G-I-F. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that, um, I hope there's been some amazing moments of wonderful things for you this week. I hope that even if there have been challenging moments that you've been able to see healing taking place before your very eyes as raw emotion unfolds before you and you take those opportunities as opportunities to create deeper connection, deeper understanding, and deeper healing for your family. Uh, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I, Time is a very valuable commodity, and so when you guys share your time with me, I am completely honored. Of course, I want to plug these books really quick. Uh, Brian's book, From Fear to Love, that we have on promotion at feartolovebook.com. If you haven't got it, I strongly encourage getting it. We also now have this fabulous new workbook uh, that we've just gotten laid out. We have it available on, as an ebook on our website, postinstitute.com. And if you're looking for a hard copy like this one that I have in my hand, right now you can get that on Amazon. I am looking for options for us to get those printed in-house so that we'll have them to sell to you as well. Hey Mimi, it's so good to see you. I hope that you've had a great week and you're all snuggled in for a cozy weekend. And then of course, Brian's book, The Great Behavior Breakdown. Um, tonight my topic is for us to continue talking about examining the position of our heart. I've uh, been talking about these handouts that I'm gonna, no, I'm not gonna pull them up because they're lost on my, oh, no, <laughs> here they are. <laughs> they're right here, right in front of me. So gosh, I pulled these out a few times actually in coaching sessions over this past week and um, I'm just finding some incredible insights that people are able to gain by seeing things in writing, kind of helping them see um, a path and understand like they're connecting the dots about where some of their um, big feelings are coming from. And here's the beautiful thing. What's happening is there are situations with their children. And as, as life has it, um, the situations with their children are create are a trigger. They're a trigger for the adults that I'm working with. And what they're finding is they're able to trace back and see where these sensitivities, these brain level sensitivities that are creating these triggers are being traced back to their own early life experiences. And that's how we shine the light in the subconscious and bring these things to our awareness so that we can have our own healing and we can be fully present for our children when they're having challenges. And so um, I'm really thankful for these handouts because they're really coming in handy. So uh, one handout is Brian's four-point trauma-informed daily checklist, which is an excellent place to start your day. It's also a great way to get some ideas of things that you might want to make as your New Year's resolutions because we're talking about creating New Year's resolutions and goals to help improve the relationship that you have with your family members. Um, the Emotional Guidance Scale, 
that um, helps us see where our emotions are. And this is, even though it's written in a linear format, please know none of this is, none of this is linear. Nothing in life is linear except the tracking of time based on some, what is that, Roman, again, Roman, Greek calendar that says this is time and this is going in a linear fashion. Trust me, everything else in life is like this. It's like a big O, you know, it's like a big O knot. There's no linear progress. There's no linear emotions. Everything is an ebb and flow. So um, if you're ebbing and flowing with life, then we are in a good place. Um, and then this other sheet, which is our mood monitoring. It's the sheet where you can use your colored pencils and you you decide what moods go with what color and you color them in and there's a square for every day of the year, 365 squares, and it gives you a way to track because sometimes there are trends that we're not aware of until we see them on a piece of paper because time goes by, time goes by, we're busy, 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 doing, 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 that we are not always aware of how we've been being, how we've been feeling and so, this really gives us some visuals that can help us um, examine the position of our heart, see where we're really taking account of how we're really feeling and where we really want to grow. So um, in alignment with that, my topic tonight has to do with the reality that emotions are contagious. Let's just talk about that a little bit. Man, Gosh, just as soon as I bring that up, I find myself going back to what happened at the Capitol. What was that, two days ago now? Yeah, Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Mom mentality. Emotions are contagious. We watched that unfold before our very eyes. That spark that took place in the crowd and how it caught fire so quickly, right? Um, there's a lot of research um, around that mob mentality and how when we are with a group of people, we take on the characteristics of the group. The group takes on the characteristics of one another. And so that lets you know a few things. One, um, it gives you some insight into the people you're attracted to. Um, the groups that you're attracted to and you can look at those groups and identify maybe what it is about the group what's the emotional energy of the group that you find attractive it also can give you some insight about your children um, it's not that we become the people that we uh, spend time with but we certainly are heavily influenced by them um, what we read, what we look at on our social media, what we listen to, what we watch, all of these things have an influence on how we feel and what we think. So the concept of emotions being contagious um, actually comes straight from um, evolutionary psychology and what it, it's very much about the protection of the tribe. And so out of the protection of the tribe, emotional energy ripples through us, ripples through the group. So if somebody in the group is feeling fearful, then it is natural for us to have an experience of that fear like this. Like imagine we are a tribe and we are living in a village in the jungle and somebody screams, tiger! Then of course we know everybody needs to get protected because there is literally a tiger in the woods coming to approach and attack. Emotions are contagious. It's about survival. Now here's the thing. 
in our lives currently, oftentimes someone in the family system will be triggered into a place of fear. And because we are living with people who may be very sensitive, we might catch that fear only to find out that what they were afraid of was something perceived or something triggered from the past. Julia Martin, emotions are contagious. Did I spell it wrong? <laughs> but yes, emotions are contagious. That is, that is absolute reality. That is an absolute reality. And so at the same place that emotions are contagious, what I feel like is that fear is one of the quickest to catch fire because of protection, because in our brain, all of us have a part of our brain that is driven to survival, that is part of our human nature is survival. So when fear is present and active, it is very natural for us to organically experience that same jolt. Now, the thing is, as parents, that's where our more mature amygdala, that's where our emotional intelligence really comes into play and into action, and it's really helpful because our calm amygdala has the ability to create calm and security for those around us. So being able to say, I'm checking the forest and there aren't any tigers out there today. We're okay. Everybody's okay. We're all gonna be okay. Is really, really important. What happens a lot of times though, is that our children in their state of stress and sensitivity, they get triggered into a place of fear and then our lids get flipped. And a lot of times our lids get flipped about the behavior that the child is, is demonstrating. And then in that space, we have two humans with their amygdalas hijacked. When we stress, we regress. So we usually see children regress to somewhere in the toddler and younger when they are stressed and hijacked at the brain level. And oftentimes what I see is that adults regress to a place that's a, a lot more adolescent and they kind of feel like they're waiting for the parents to get home because their brains are so hijacked. What our culture has become accustomed to is punishment. In fact, I, Brian and I were texting today and I said, the, our entire culture over many generations has, we've drank the Kool-Aid. We drank the Kool-Aid on punishment. And we have come to think that that is the only way for us to guide and teach our children. And in fact, that Kool-Aid is poison. What punishment does in the parent-child relationship is simply push the child further away. It's like saying, I told you once and now you should know how to do it. And when you don't do it right, you don't do what I say. Or when you're afraid of something that you have no business being afraid of because it's not even real anymore, then... I'm going to punish you. I'm going to push you away. I'm going to ostracize you. I'm going to banish you from the community of family until you can get it right and then you can come back. But what our children really need is they need us to be connected to them even more during those times of struggle. Our society has said push them away, hurt them physically, ostracize them, put them in in 
prison in a home by sending them away with their upset feelings when what they really need from us is to be closer. It's like we have forgotten how much connection and guidance children really need. And then when you're talking about children who have already experienced lots of trauma, they have a lot of reworking of those infant and early life experiences that got missed. You know, Brian says, if you haven't got it, you got to get it. And so when you think about all, if you break down all the tiny little things that you do when you're parenting a newborn, an infant, a toddler, many of our children, regardless of their chronological age, they need that. They need that all over again. But we start getting fearful because we feel all this pressure from the outside world. Or we feel pressure from the blueprints in our brain that say this is how you parent. Or if, if, you're ch if, if your child talks to you like that, you need to do X, Y, Z. Because if my parents heard me talk like that, that's what they would do. And it takes, it takes a lot of emotional maturity, a lot of awareness to think of a different script to think about a different way of doing things, to put these things into action. The position of our heart can easily get out of balance. We can easily trip into fear because it's, it's so inundated in our culture and it's been inundated in our culture for generations upon generations upon generations. I wanna pause for a minute because Shelly wrote something and I want to read what she said. She said, your presentation reminds me of an article I read about mirror neurons years ago. And it makes so much sense. Thank you for teaching about this. I so appreciate your teaching. And then she gave us a link. Thank you for the link, Shelly. I appreciate that. Yes. So um, one of the things that I talk a lot about when I'm doing coaching is I point out to parents that and I don't necessarily use the term mirror neurons, although that's absolutely accurate, but we are mirroring one another in our emotionality and in, in our behavior more than we even realize. If you are feeling anxious about something regarding the relationship you have with your child, it is almost a sure bet that your child is feeling anxious about the same thing. And oftentimes, we haven't been taught, we don't have much practice at how to talk about difficult things, hard things, things that are below the surface when we need to talk with our children. And so we struggle because we've kind of grown, we've grown up, a lot of us grew up in this world where our parents didn't really share that part of life with us. Um, and now, with children in our current generation, if they're, I'd go to say, well, first of all, we have children who've already experienced a lot of trauma. They've been exposed to a lot of things that we may know very little about, um, or we may have experienced through trauma ourselves during our childhood. I think about abuse and neglect. I'm thinking about, um, you know, maybe children who've been taught to shoplift. Um, I don't know, you know, my mind's just going into all different arenas of how different people in the world operate, how they navigate the world. 
and they teach their children this is how you navigate the world just because that's what they're witnessing, that's what they're a part of. And so many people are coming from this place of real desperate survival, very, very desperate survival. So your children may have a depth of understanding, a depth of experiences that gives them this knowledge that may not be at a conscious level, but it's at a soul level. Then when I layer that with older children who are on social media, and I'm, you know, like I sat down with, with my teen uh, yesterday and I was like, so, you know, what do you think about all that's taking place on the national level? You know, what do you think about what happened at the Capitol? What do you, you know, what do you think about? She said something to me, uh, it's been at least nine months ago. Um, I'm trying to think of what her words were, but it was something that, along the lines of um, basically what's wrong with grown-ups? What in the world is wrong with grown-ups in the world today? Why do we have all these issues with child abuse, child sex sexual abuse, and child trafficking? So our children have this level of knowledge of the darkness that's in this world that I certainly, you know, it's not something I grew up knowing. Like I didn't even know that kind of stuff really went on until I got much older. And so we have to come up with, um, you know, age appropriate, not even age appropriate, it's child appropriate because depending on where your child is at in their emotional age, we have to be able to speak to their emotional age. And so being able to speak to their emotional age about things that are complex, I think sometimes can be tricky. Um, but I also have great confidence that if you slow down and the position of your heart is in a place of love, then it creates an avenue and areas of insight and windows of opportunity for you to be able to talk about things that you might not have ever realized that one, you needed to be able to talk about or that you could talk about with your children. And yet, I think it's very needed. Um, I think our children need to know that we see them seeing. <laughs> I see you seeing how messy the world is right now or whatever it is that you see them seeing. I see you seeing that you know, maybe it's that your sister got new shoes, but you didn't. And I want to let you know that when you need new shoes, I will get you new shoes. Whatever it is. You know, I'm just thinking about things that I know organically come up in our family lives. But being able to do that really comes from being able to have your heart positioned in a place of love. And sometimes the best way to know if my heart's positioned in a place of love is to, if it doesn't, if it feels like fear, then it's fear. If it doesn't feel like love, then you can bet it's fear because we pretty much only have two choices. It's either going to be love or fear. And the world and almost everything in the world about parenting is fear-based. There's, you know, consequences and rewards. There's corporal punishment. They're sending them away to their room with their upset feelings alone. They're sitting them in time out alone. There are very few people who are saying to you, bring them closer, bring them closer and keep them closer. And I'm going to guess it's been my experience as a parent that especially with children who are under the age of uh, 
really under the age of about 13, if they do something that is against the rules, not right, destructive, inappropriate behavior, most of those things are happening when you're not present. And that tells us that they need more supervision. They need more guidance. We have come to forget just how much time, attention, and guidance our children need. <laughs> I remember when I was first, when I was new to being a parent, and I used to love to do things like paint. Like, it wouldn't have been unusual for me to just because I wanted to change things up a little, I'd go buy a gallon of paint and I might stay up until two o'clock in the morning because I decided I wanted to paint a bedroom or a small room. And I remember the first time I tried to take on a project like that as a mom. What would have taken me two days took me uh, over two weeks because children need a lot of attention. They need a lot of guidance. They need a lot of supervision. It's almost impossible to do much more with little ones when you have ones, especially ones who are seven and under. Um, if you've got three who are under seven and you make it through the day and can actually cook a meal, then I think you deserve a gold medal because they, they need so much from us. They need so much from us. And it's such a... It's such a rare time. You know, it's like they only get to be they only get to be little once. And it happens, it goes by faster than you realize when you just surrender to joining in and and just embracing the role of being a parent. And when you mark off punishing them and pushing them away, and you start embracing the idea of bringing them in closer, engaging with them, playing with them, letting them work alongside you when you're doing things, when you incorporate them into your world. You may not get rooms painted very quickly and you may only get one meal cooked a day, but the relationship that's gonna grow out of that early time spent is like nothing you could imagine. It's magical, it's magical. And it's life-changing for you, and it will leave. You know, we know this. When you think back to your own parents, the things that really that you really remember, there may be a few things they said to you that you really remember, and you'll remember them because there was something strong, some strong emotional impact. Maybe you were at a heightened emotional state when they said it, or it was... It came at you in a way that had a lot of emotional impact or it was something they said repeatedly. Those are the two things that we tend to remember. Outside of that, what we remember is how they made us feel. The position of your heart is so important. Your self-care is so important. As parents, you are you're irreplaceable. And you're so valuable. And I know you guys work really hard. And I know that when you're parenting children who come from tough places, you spend a lot of time trying to crack the code of what's going to help them be able to be as successful in life as possible. 
And I feel like what I, what I need you to know that your love, your love has the ability to have some of the greatest impact of anything. When it comes to code cracking, one of the most important things that you can remind yourself is no matter what the solution, no matter what the issue, you're not going anywhere. You're gonna be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next year and the next year and you're here to do life with your child as time goes and things change, it will ebb and flow and the relationship will change and there will be different dynamics, but you are here for life. And that ha is so precious. Like, I know from where you're standing right now, it may be hard to see it, but I'm standing in this place right now, being in my mid-50s, I have a teenager, I have two 20-somethings in my life. I have children who are bumping up against 30 in my life. And I know, all, all I can tell you all the days I blew it, all the days I lost my cool, all the days I didn't have patience. But then I can tell you all the days that we did life together just in a flow of family. And what makes the most difference to them? is the fact that I'm just here. I'm a stable, positive influence in their life for the lifespan. So I hope there's something in there that helps you guys. I really want to encourage you guys to, um, to just work on that position of your heart, to strive to let go of fear, to strive to let go of worry, to step into love, to step into confidence that when our brains are in that place of calm with just enough challenge. That's where we hit our flow, that when we overwhelm ourselves with fear and worry and stress and anxiety, we're not at our best either. And when we dump all of that on our children by trying to make something happen, they're not gonna be at their best either. So we're gonna find that sweet spot. And when you find it, or maybe you found it on certain days, let that really sink in. If you've had moments today that were in the sweet spot, take those moments when you lay down in bed tonight and just like you pick apart something that didn't go right, notice every detail of something that went well. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it was like a moment that everybody was joyful and it was sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops and we were all in cooperation. It could be that it was a really challenging moment and there were great big emotions, but you were able to sit and be present and supportive and loving for your child while they went through it so that they could feel, your, feel you as a solid foundation there for them. Take that and blow that up in your mind like a great big balloon. And let that be what you start your day off with tomorrow because those are important blueprints to get solidified in our, in our entire being. And remember what Brian tells us, in any given moment, we can act out of those blueprints. We can act out of that dominant story of stress and fear and overwhelm and urgency that it's got to happen right now. Or we can take one to two to three to 20, to 30 deep breaths. We can feel that calm, just filter through our whole body. 
and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. I hope you have a beautiful weekend, and I can't wait to see you all next week. Much love.